Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is time for our big season one Avatar, the last airbender, book one, water finale discussion, the siege of the north. And unfortunately, Allison is going to be able to hopefully join us a little bit later, but she's not able to be with us right at the start of the conversation. Um, because what I intended to start our conversation out with was an apology, yes. a, a full-throated apology for actively uh, gaslighting Allison in the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, we both felt real bad about that. We did. We did feel real bad about that. Marcus, I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> or, or Scotty, I don't know if you listened to yesterday's episode. Um, but yeah, yeah, someone's girlfriend turns into the moon <laughs> this episode. I don't, how does Allison remember that one bit of diet? Like, exactly. It was just such a thrown off thing. And I was like, oh, that's that's silly. I don't know what you're talking about there um so we're going to talk about that again when allison is able to join us uh but this this finale is really good no we've both been really looking forward to it um for a while it's action-packed it's really well i think paced and there's lots of intensity they they pay off some really good stuff and also just like because we've watched it um and we won't get too spoilery out of deference for uh marcus and scotty but there's some teases here man there's some right I, for, just, I kind of forgot taste. about the teases. I kind of forgot a little bit about the teases. Um, but I also, like, I tweeted, like, right before we recorded, I kind of keep forgetting how good this finale is. It's like, so it's really good. And yeah. the thing is, is, like, I remember sort of, like, the arc of them. Like, I remember Zhao's, like coming in with his thing, thinking like, yeah, I'm finally going to do it. I remember Zuko abducting Aang while he's in the spirit world. And so I remember like, and I of course remember Koizilla, because how can you forget Koizilla? Yeah, it's amazing. But I always forget about like the whole thing with taking the moon and then the monochrome thing and then the blue thing. And I'm just like, I always forget about that. And every time I just go, holy shit, this show's really good. Like, I just kind of can't get over it. Like, I just always forget about the weird, big stylistic swings that they take of going, okay, we're going to be in a red filter base, a red gel for a little bit. Oh, nope, monochrome gel, monochrome gel. And then just a blue gel that also hit stole hits the monoc- the monochrome, and I'm just like, what kids show does this? Like, it's just I mean like so what plenty what of show kids- does this right? Most shows don't do that. Yeah, and like some shows do that. Like I think of like really stylized even like kid shows doing like like Samurai Jack has that whole episode that has no sound in it, um, and does also in a whole like episode that is in black and white because of the nature of the villain of the episode. But that's a deeply stylized show that rests really heavily on its sense of style. As much as I like Avatar The Last Airbender, its style tends towards pretty and cool to look at, but not necessarily stylistic or like these kinds of big sweeping types of concepts, I think. 
And so when they do that kind of a thing here, it's just really, really good. And then when they execute it and use it in ways that I feel like really elevate discussions about characters, in particular the color changes that happen as a result of their costuming of Zuko in this episode, um, it's just really, really good. And we should talk about like Zuko's whole white smock, um, white Arctic gear, um, here in a second at some point. But I just really like this episode, these episodes, I should say. And it's, I just, I'm angry at myself that I keep forgetting. But it's very, very good. It's just, it's so potent. And then I'm just like, but now we get to, now we get to do the show is kind of how I feel about it. It's just yeah. like, all right, now we get to do the show. Um, yeah. So how did you feel about revisiting this episode? And what did you think? Oh, I was so excited. Uh, I remembered a lot, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remembered that it was really good. I remember yeah. that it was that there was a lot of really cool action. Um, but I didn't remember a lot of the specifics because it has been so long. So I didn't remember. I like I, as I was watching it, like they get to the sanctum and the, the, there's a fish, the you know, swimming in the pond. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. And then like, uh, and then they go to the spirit world and like, oh yeah. And I I had forgotten about Ko until we see until we see. I him. thought I was Ko like, was much later. Yeah. So, and I yeah. was like, oh yeah. Oh, Ko was really creepy. <laughs> Aang is not the least expressive person ever, so like this is gonna be challenging. Um, so it was just it was just sort of a it was an interesting experience because it was just a wave of like right before something hits going, Oh yeah, that's right, this thing is about to happen, and then it was as good or better than I remembered. Um stylistically, like you said, like just the the going to the red, going to the blue, doing the really impactful duel between Katara and uh and 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 Zuko and you know around the setting of the the sun or sorry the 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 rise of the sun um and the the waning or the diminishing of the moon with the light of the sun like there's character there's emotion there's theme there's all this stuff happening through the visual language and plus it looks really cool uh so it's just it's really it's really successful um let's talk about Let's just take a moment because I think we're going to run. We will run long today. (laughs) So when we run long today, I want to make sure that we don't forget some of the smaller things like the, the um, just everything with Sokka and uh, the, the, the secret mission. He's like, "Uh, guys, (laughs) that's not what they wear. They don't have point of like, like how the how pointy long how shoulder old? pads 80 years old it's not uh, the 80s anymore guys it's not the 80s anymore <laughs> no it was just and, and like the, the pacing of that like the reveal later on that well at least my read of it i'm curious your read um noel and uh, marcus and scotty yours as well but my read of like oh i have absolutely no intention of letting my daughter marry that putz but it's convenient politically for now and they don't know the vision i had um so yeah we're just gonna promise her to that guy since i know it's not actually gonna come up you know <laughs> um and and then the the way that that he's dispatched by zhao which is like <laughs> throw him off the ship as it was delightful there was a lot of really fun um smaller beats within a really epic two episodes yeah and i think that's you i think that it, while it's become clear what the show does really well over the course of this season, um, despite like a little bit of like 
I guess, like, sorting itself out. Um, this episode does a really good job, like you say, of finding pacing, but also finding moments for those those funny little bits um, that privileges both the fact that our characters have been, like, tra- doing, like, around the world in 80 days, sort of, um, and have all this wealth of information that this otherwise closed-off system does not have um, of the Northern Water Tribe. And then layering that into good, funny comedic bits that still play into like Sokka's character in this in this in this arc because that's what he has is like his relationship with UA. Those are his plot beats in these two episodes, and so building that on top of this the sudden convenient emergence of this rival, um, but by very quickly just making him the worst. <laughs> Just yes. the worst. Yes. Um, it's very tropey, shortcutty, but I don't yes. care because we don't have the time, and yeah. he is the worst. Right? No, they just establish it so quickly, and like it's just you immediately go. But Sokka should be leading this mission, but Sokka can't lead this lead this mission because he needs to do all the other things in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need this. We need this doofus <laughs> to get thrown off a boat. Yes, uh, Sky says Sokka, as a wonderfully aggravating heroic kid, has been such a, a wonderful payoff. Strong agree. Marcus says, I really love how very quickly Han's mission ended after so much buildup <laughs> around it. Scotty says, yeah, that guy sucks immediately and his end is hilarious. It's it's very, very good. But I need to, to interrupt you before you, because I can see you're about to speak, Noel. But we have to welcome in Allison. Thank Hello. you. And we have to pause what we're saying so that we can tell you what we already told the people who are already in the chat, which is... uh. Deep apologies for gaslighting you yesterday. Yeah, we're we're very. I sorry knew you about were gaslighting that. me. I remember. <laughs> I'm listen. I like weird turns of phrase. There is no universe in which I forget the phrase. My girlfriend turned into the moon. So like, <laughs> like so I knew I was fine. That because because the words are my girlfriend turned into the moon. How would I not remember that? Well, um, but we, okay, but you also you watched several shows. Where that would not be a surprising thing, right? Like, yeah, but it was. We, but that phrase was in the context of me starting Avatar: yeah, The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so we, we felt we like literally like our listeners after we finished yesterday. Uh, Noel and I were like, "Oh wait, hold up!" Uh, after we finished talking with Allison, we got to check a Televerse thing. Oh, it's not about that. And we were going, "We feel really bad about this." So <laughs> we did immediately like feel guilty. I felt bad about better. saying it because I realized after I said it out loud that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. It's uh, however, I think I do get a called it. Yeah. About uh, Zuko and Aang. So I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> so, so far we have been talking about how it looks really, really pretty. And, mm. um, and oh my goodness, all the, the gels and the style and the approach. So that's where we are. And also, Han sucks. Yeah. That when he goes off the boat, it was... <laughs> I appreciated it because there weren't all that many moments of levity in this episode. So between um, uh, Aang trying to keep a straight face and that guy going straight over... Did he call him Joe? Yes, Admiral Joe. Admiral Joe. So it just... <laughs> great. My favorite thing about that whole gag is that he actually got all the way up there somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my favorite thing is like, he got all the way to the top of that bridge. And I don't know how. And I don't care because the payoff for it is so good. 
But the fact that he infiltrated that boat, even though he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Good on him. You know, he's got to do yeah. something. You know, there's... I don't think he doesn't fit because he's too mean to be a himbo. But all the discussion yes. around himbos this this week, I feel like if he was kinder, he could fit into there. Yeah. Um, so, Allison, what was your reaction to this finale? Spoiler alert, Nolan, I love it. Yeah. <sighs> um, I. Uh experienced profound emotional upheaval, I guess. Okay. Maybe you can put it that way. Um, it's great. It's great. Visually just incredible. Um, Scotty points out the panda spirit punching the monkey is also a delightful laugh at the end of an intense sequence. I agree. I feel like um, both these episodes do, episodes do a really good job of finding little tiny moments to still be fun, but they are little and tiny because for the most part, it's um, really intense and draining and stressful i think that's in updates from kate nolan allison's group chat text updates from kate nolan allison's group text i think yesterday the thing that i said was oh my god this is so stressful (laughs) um and it is very stressful uh what i wasn't prepared for and now i'm just repeating something that you've already said apparently was the unbelievable beauty of the sequence of basically everything having to do with the moon um once they start playing around with lighting, it was just, I mean, there's a lot of other beauty. It's not like that's the only beautiful thing. Um, but when and where color reenters and the way that shadows work and light works, just amazing. Um, and the, basically that whole, the last act of the second episode is re- just really remarkable. And then Mo, there's a group hug with Momo. Like, how do you not love all of that? <laughs> Uh, I, I appreciate the previous work this season, building up Zhao, um, so that you get to the moment where he's like, no, I'm going to destroy the moon. <laughs> and everybody is like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uncle Iroh's like, uh, no, that's a bad idea. What are you doing? And, and, and he just straight up does it. Like, I, it fits with everything we've seen of him so far with the ego, with the, with the, the lust for power and acclaim and um, in like just being known and told through history and absolutely no wisdom, absolutely no restraint or uh, ability to look beyond his immediate, um, his immediate goals. And also his long-term how he thinks he'll be remembered Uh, the, the blood red, right. Over wash over everything. Just, like the show has said several times this season, really underscores how wrong this is. Not just people dying horribly, which this show is does not shy away from. It's a fundamental uh, crime against nature. And uh, we get, again, like we were saying earlier, just a little taste of some things to come with Uncle Iroh being like, I will fight you and I'm going to just barely start and think that I've convinced you. And then, because he's him, no, not you know I, that whole sequence I think is really really well handled on a character and visual and narrative level. Yeah, Uncle Iroh, man, the all of the choices that are made in that with everyone realizing the gravity of the situations and the the situation and the choices that they all make individually, including the like teeny tiny shot of wow this is good rope and the good rope is just like sitting on up his back and um and yeah. Zuko has nowhere to be found. Um, I think it it levels up really effectively throughout. Um, and it made me very, I just, now I just want Aang and Uncle Iroh to hang out a lot. I want, 
I want Uncle Iroh to teach Aang how to do fire. I know it's not going to happen, but I love it so much. I just want them together. Um, watching them all go the extra mile and do the extra thing to try to put the world somehow back to rights is really effective. I feel like Uncle Iroh would get along very well with Sokka. I feel like they would <laughs> you know be like treat themselves. They'd be like these guys, man. Yeah, Iroh gets along well with everyone is the thing because he's just deeply personable. Um, but he's also as like, especially as like next book really emphasizes is the man's super duper wise and really understands people in a way that. Very few other characters on this show, I think, do. And really wants to engage in some degree of humanism. Um, in very different ways from other characters. But his is very specific and very rooted in things that have happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and things that are teased um, in this episode as well. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think we also have to give him a W because he ha- clearly had exactly one goal for this entire season, and it was to get Zuko to take a nap. <laughs> Mission accomplished. And Finally I'm not being it. facetious, right? Yeah. Like that kid needs a timeout really bad. Like he yeah. just needs to take a breather and deal with all of his stuff because there's so much of it and the fact that he finally gets him to and the sort of quiet satisfaction of that moment it worked so well i did not expect to be like like minorly emotionally gut punched by uncle iroh being like good a man needs his rest i was like oh yeah uncle iroh you did it you got this dude to take a nap important well, and also, it's just such a little line, but a man needs his rest. Yes. yes. Yeah. Great yeah. writing. Yeah. Great, yeah. incredibly simple p- piece of dialogue that's, that says so much. Yeah. This guy says the color shifts are so connected to emotional shifts. It's incredible. And yeah, we've talked about the red a bit now. Let's talk about the blue, because um, I was watching this going like, Zhao is the, the kind of guy who would do this, right? It's like, don't and I think my my dad maybe somebody said like oh this is why you don't piss off the avatar and, and I said no this is why you don't piss off the ocean because <laughs> this is what happens if you decide you're gonna fight the ocean the ocean wins um I water they, always wins water's gonna win um the way like the the visual of the koi you know the giant koi spear or whatever uh with fused with the avatar is really powerful and really compelling and distinct and unique like, like i can't think of another show that would take this approach to it um that i've watched though obviously no you've seen way more animation than me um but with the level of stakes they had set up you needed something on that scale for them to possibly survive even just like a little even just a few of them to survive you needed that level of intervention and i thought they really sold it yeah, yeah and to like scotty's point about the color shifting connected to like emotional shifts i and i we mentioned this now that allison's here i feel like we can talk about it is zuko's arctic look of like that white camouflage sort of thing to blend into the tundra but then it allows all the other colors that happen in the episode to be on him Mm. to really kind of convey a character shifts of like here's a blue how does that contrast with the red that's happening with the fire and what is, how are we reading that and how are we interpreting this as a character shift for him as someone who escapes and then at the end takes a nap 
and isn't like hellbent as seemingly on keeping the avatar because one of the questions that gets addressed in next season but is definitely a question to think about while we're watching this episode is what the hell was his plan what was he going to do because of that blizzard um on the tundra because it's just like buddy where are you going what were you going to do and so i think that like realizations dawning and his final little moment of wanting to save Zhao and the blue washing over that to a certain extent, I think it's just really, really neat and really, really com- doing complex character work, both visually and narratively, which I always really, really like. Yeah. Guy yeah. says the Arctic gear and his blue spirit mask really singles it go out from the rest of the fire nation. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shall we talk about Yue turning into the moon? <laughs> that's a first kiss <laughs> who was your first kiss with mine was with the moon <laughs> oh, poor Sokka yeah poor Sokka <laughs> uh, to be honest I'm pretty surprised they they were able to pull that off you know Marcus said yesterday that um, they didn't really lay the groundwork with that relationship quite enough um, and I feel like on any other show maybe that might be true um but here somehow they managed to take the fact that it's just the beginning that they barely know each other that they have this connection that is basically already impossible that they haven't managed to explore at all and make it part of the tragedy of it um which i think is really incredible so uh yeah poor ua but also way to go and it's complicated. It's, it's, yeah. it's complicated. It's complicated, but also she doesn't have to marry Han now, so kind of a win. That's a win for sure. That's a win for sure. Sure, sure. You have to give up your corporeal being to be the moon. However, on the upside, and it is an upside. Um, yeah, I thought that that was really um, terrific. Yeah, we need to talk about Ko. His code's yes. fucking creepy, and uh, Allison Co will be back. Oh, good. And by good, I mean terrible, obviously. But wow, what a design, what a concept, what like a jumping off point for a story. Like you could tell that every single face had a story. And I expect that maybe we'll get one or more of those stories. That would be really cool. But even if we don't, the, there was something about the specificity of each face that really hammered the horror home. Um, like an incredible monster. It's I can see why it is that someone would think we should do this live action, even though, you know, mm-hmm. you, yeah. maybe you shouldn't. But I, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where I was like, oh, my God, I want I want to see how that would be realized as a puppet. I want to see how that would be realized in other styles of animation. I want to try to imagine if you were trying to recreate that in dance, what would it look like? How would it move? And it, just amazing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sky says, so creepy. I've never seen anything like that. And it's, it's certainly distinct. It sticks yeah. with you. <laughs> Noel, just as creepy this time? Oh, no, still creepy. And like, enough so that I kept thinking Ko shows up much later in the show's run. I forgot that they show up here in the finale. Um, but it's so good. Um, and yeah, it's just really it's just really creepy. And I really like the, like, both the vocal work for Aang in that scene and just a lot of the visual work as well of, like, 
as you said, Aang's very expressive. Yeah. <laughs> so having to not be expressive, um, to be able to save, not to be able to save, to be able to stop another genocide from happening, um, I think is just a testament to how much he's matured, but also the fact that he really is keyed into trying, again, to culminate his like arc this season of coming to grips with what he did by running away and his ability to figure out a way to save the Northern water tribe and thus keep waterbenders alive to a certain extent. Um, since the Southern water tribe still needs to be rebuilt, glad that the Northern water tribe decided to like get off its ass and maybe do something about that. Um, that there's plenty of that. It just felt really satisfying to have this as a test basically um, because that's what that's sort of what's missing in this episode is that some sort of test for Aang that isn't getting in touch with the spiritual realm or the spirits sort of like channeling through him as they kind of do with um, Koizilla. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus says, I'm wondering if some of the faces shown will turn up in flashbacks later from before they were taken. Um, yeah, I can't, I'm not, not going to tell you, but I think that's, I think that's an interesting observation and more on that later. Uh, just even the reveal of like, oh, it's a monkey. And then it turns around, has no face. You're like, ah, yeah, it's really creepy. It's just so, it's just viscerally upsetting. Like, and they return yeah. to Oz to take the faces off the, you know, the mannequin, you know, um, kind of way. Uh, the, the other thing with, with the whole, the, with the spirit realm is, I like that for this finale, Aang does, obviously he is Koizilla, but, um, but he is less active most of the time. He is, he's very active in the spirit world, but, but this finale feels much more for the fighting and stuff. It's the other characters. And then he is like a force of nature. It's not, it's not really specific decisions from him. Like we're not getting tactics and all this stuff. It's just, um, this, it's really, like I said earlier, it's more the ocean than it is. Ang uh, at the end, and uh, so I like that this you know when when no you talked about the test when when they said oh you can't show any emotions like well he's screwed yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if I had to pick a thing that would be his Achilles heel especially right now it would be that so yeah well I think that 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 actually sort of ties into the way that I reacted to Koizilla which I love as a phrase thank you um, yeah I can't I can't take credit for that that's what they called it internally at the show oh Koizilla. great okay yeah. well even better Koizilla I really love it um because it feels like the the first half of his journey in the like the actual finale and the final finale um is about controlling emotion um at least not showing it uh suppressing it being able to to keep things in uh, whereas his connection with the spirit of the ocean seems to be from the way that the the visual story is told about opening up the like the hurt and rage and violation and grief that he is feeling at this horrific things that ha- thing that happens and that somehow being what allows him to fuse with the spirit um, because it's such an emotion like even though it's it looks very similar to the neutral that he was in the spirit world. It's obviously a very different kind of neutral, uh, like an emptiness, which is what 
he would need to be in order to become this other thing. Uh, I just loved that contrast. I thought it was so interesting to put this little kid who in the first half says, I'm just one kid uh, into this position where he isn't anymore, where he is something else and not just because of who he is, but because of what he believes in and what he wants and how he feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I forgot earlier, we should say Marcus, uh, the thing about UA, I feel they sold the infatuation, but not necessarily the romance with Sokka and UA, but UA's st- story arc was very strong. And like, that's a character that's there for three episodes um, so far. You know, maybe she comes back, maybe she doesn't, but it, what we've seen is three episodes, and it's a, it's a really strong arc. I don't have a sense of how long exactly they're at the moon. At the moon. At the, the at North the Pole. Moon. They're at the pole. Um, what did you guys think about uh, the move they make here with Katara, where they basically at the end of the, they're like, okay, she's the master. It happened off screen. She's very good. She's the master. Now she can be Aang's teacher. Did you guys, were you guys good with that? Um. So it's a weird thing of like, yeah, we don't know how long it takes the Fire Nation to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, which presumably has to take some time, I think. It's a like, lot of ships. It's a lot of ships, so it's a lot of, like, logistics of getting that Navy together um, and, like, pulling it probably from various points around the world. Um, so the degree to which that that makes sense, I think, is really is really kind of tricky to convey. And if Katara is a master, which... I have no real issues with, but it also for me means that Aang should have mastered waterbending by now, um, which is like a weird sort of disconnect, I think, of like narrative versus time duration type thing. All of that being said, um, narrative economy being what it is of like, it just makes sense for her to be the master and it like shifts their dynamic, which I think is good. Um, but like, Marcus says, well, obviously she had leveled up with her fight with the Water Master, so the next step was less surprising. And I think that's fair in the regard of she has maybe this innate ability for it, or just she's also just a hard worker as she's well. She's been practicing, and he she's hasn't been. practicing, been. yeah. He's been resting on that Avatar state. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's what matters, is like we get to see her stand up to Zuko, beat Zuko's butt, that was so um, cool. It's so great. Like, it's a really good fight. And the fact that that fight is as well choreographed and as exciting as it is, I think really speaks to the fact that we get to see top-tier waterbending in detail in that episode, as opposed to when we do a wide shot of Paku fending off firebenders, uh, firebending Fire Nation soldiers in a wide shot with the cyclone thing. Um, it all works well for me overall, but yeah, I would just like a line of dialogue that says how long they've been there. But yeah, no, I'm okay with it. Allison, how did you feel? Oh, I mean, I was a little bit bummed by it. I feel like, I guess I sort of read it as, um, like a, like a nice moment between student and teacher and not that she's literally a master, but that she'll, they'll have to keep training together. Uh, and I hope that it's that because, um, I just, I, I don't understand why it is that the masters are all people who spent their entire lives studying in Katara, who is 
what, 14, 15 is suddenly also a master? That doesn't make any sense. And I agree that the story they've been telling to this point is that Aang has all of this natural ability. And so he's picking things up more quickly than Katara. And it makes sense that discipline could trump natural ability. And that is also the story they're trying to tell. But it all feels a little pat and quick. And like maybe they just didn't have time to do it in 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. Well, and also just because the comet's coming in like six months. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, you need to get as good as you can in a month. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the timeline for all of this, I think doesn't make any sense. Um, it, based on the few rules that they have established that we've seen. Um, but yeah, that is a, a, spe a specific pet peeve that drives me nuts. And these sort of like, um, these sort of, sort of narratives where someone has to go study with the master. And most of the time they don't spend anywhere near enough time training um yeah. to actually no, it's true like it a like it should be years it should be years of working your ass off <laughs> like the one show that i think actually did do that it was it felt like aria was studying in the house of um was it black and white or whatever uh forever and it really didn't help the show but she was there long enough that i can buy her actually picking some stuff up because you know lots of you know she was actually there for years or it felt like years. It was a long time in that show. Um, usually it's it's like a really long weekend course, you know, like special week-long seminar, eight hours a day. Um, and that is just not, you know, mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not how, as a teacher of a very specific musical discipline, that's not how it works. Yeah, Kate, so if I study the violin with you for like three full days, then I'm all set, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. As Great. long as you come in with like, you know, th like thousands of years of past lives of being great viol uh, violinists that you can draw on as suits the narrative. Yes. Well, I already have that. So you're good. So you're good. Um, we have a question here. Um, Marcus wants to know what time of year is this supposed to be? Because at the North Pole, the day night cycle is very dependent on the season. That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I replied, seasons are real tricky things in the show, and, and they're not consistent until summer. <laughs> and then it's very clear that it's summer uh -huh. um, for multiple reasons. They do like a number of episodes that are very summer-centered um, in the final season. Um, but fall and winter are just kind of things that maybe happen off-screen a little bit. Because uh, we get like tastes of fall like in the Jet episode. Um, but a sense of a winter or something just again time on this show gets a little squishy sometimes and it's not the best yeah well do we have any final thoughts on this finale and on like you know what yeah allison what do you think we're getting at next oh <gasps> i don't even want to guess i don't okay. know <laughs> sadness at some point more sad things and then also funny things that's yeah, that's it. that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. Noel, any final thoughts on the season finale? Oh, and Marcus does point out that the Jet episode was after the Winter Solstice. That's a really good point. Um, no, I'm just, I'm very excited to dig into book two, um, as I've been saying for the past two weeks, um, since I love book two. Um, and yeah, I actually went ahead and watched a book two episode out of order because Cheater. it's one of my favorite. I know, but... I really like that episode and I'm very excited for Allison to watch it. I'm very excited for everyone to watch it because it's real good. It's just real fun. Um, but I'm also very excited for 
Oh, well, we should we should ask Allison about how what she thinks about the one last big tease that we get with um because she gets she gets a little bit of build up here in this episode. How are you feeling about Zuko's sister? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was a very good. I love a good season or um installment ending cliffhanger Mm -hmm. um there are lots of really bad ones but a really good one fills me with such glee and i feel like that a character character introduction as final beat is often very very good um see sydney bristow's mom turning up um things like that just when it was just like bam and we're out uh so i'm i'm very into that i don't i mean i feel like all i know is Oh, everything comes naturally to her. And also, she seems like she's probably an asshole. And that's about all we've got. But I'm into it. Yeah. Um, we've we've seen her before I was once. Say, do you remember when we've seen her before? I do not. Yeah. So she shows up in the uh, flashback about how Zuko got his scar. Okay. Uh, she's in the crowd uh, right next to Iroh um, in that sequence. Oh, and... so she's one of the bloodthirsty looking jerks. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Ugh. She yeah. is. If you Great. go back and watch that scene, it's it's Zhao here. And then I, listeners at home, I'm gesturing. And then Iroh in the, in the front and Azula to his left. And he looks away and they do not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm very excited about that. Azula, um, who's Zuko's sister is just arguably the most dangerous person on the show for a variety of reasons. And I'm very excited for everyone to meet her. Um, so yeah, but I will also say that we've actually already seen her 20 times this season. So yeah. Have fun thinking about that. Yeah, no. no, Allison's face is no. like, really good. No. Um, <laughs> okay. She's the yeah. Do you want me to explain or no? No. It's funny no. if you don't. Well, what I'm looking forward to is talking with you guys tomorrow, uh, the listeners yes. tomorrow about the <laughs> season. It makes up for the. It makes up for how happy you were when I made the water always wins reference because I saw you be very pleased with that reference, Allison, and this makes up for that because I have to keep things in balance. Balance is so balance important. is so important. <laughs> well, on that very you know together <laughs> and peaceful thread uh, and note, we're going to end our episode here uh, about the siege of the North. So tomorrow, like I said, is going to be our season retrospective look back and chat with uh, whoever's here tomorrow in the zoom looking forward to hearing marcus and scotty your thoughts on the season especially as first time viewers and you know i'm sure we'll all have ponder at home your favorite episodes favorite moments maybe favorite characters yeah and we'll go from there so uh hint your favorite your favorite character is appa it's just like that's not a contest it's appa no well that's what i was gonna say should we make it your favorite character who isn't appa (laughs) see or favorite animals that aren't appa and momo because that's not fair right because we got we got those seal turtles who were just they were were so they were just delightful they were yeah yeah um more on that tomorrow listeners thank you marcus and scotty for hanging out thank you everyone for listening we'll be back tomorrow bye bye bye